Welcome to the 6am Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6am Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6amrun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Mark Paisan. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. We have a really great guest with us today. We have a women's health specialist. We have a nurse practitioner. We have a woman that's going to talk to us about men, close your ears, hormones. I know it's tough. We're going to talk about it though. We're going to talk about a lot more than that, but I just want to put that out there. Uh, and guys, please don't close your ears. Listen, please, because we have to be allies in this. But before we get started in the conversation, as always, this show is brought to you by 6AM Run and 6AMRun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. Today, we have Miss Megan Bliss, that is B-L-I-S-S, on the show with us. And we're going to talk about myriad of things. But before that, Megan, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go just introduce yourself for our audience? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. I love talking about hormones. So I'm so happy to be here and how maybe your audience can incorporate it. I have been a nurse practitioner for about 10 years now, and I initially started in family practice, but then I was noticing that I wasn't able to help people to the best of my abilities within that family care modality. And I was noticing so many women were still struggling with fatigue and mood inconsistencies and weight struggles, despite trying their hardest to get things uh, to do their best. And so that's when I kept doing some research. I, I feel like I didn't get all the tools that I needed to within my traditional education. And I needed to do more extensive education into a, into hormone optimization because I personally knew the struggles after having babies that women tend to go through, you know, those moods going up and down the exhaustion and then the weight struggles, all of that. So I knew that I not only needed to help the hundreds of women that were in my exam rooms, but myself as well. And then, so for the past about six years, I've been studying it and four years I've been doing almost exclusively hormones. And then I launched my own business about two years ago. Well, that's great to hear. Congratulations on the business. And I, you know, it's, it's always great to hear when someone, you know, finds that thing that is affecting them and says, Hey, you know what? this is probably affecting others too. And I want to, to help them. And it's, it's funny you mentioned this. I just went on a, a checkup with my nine-year-old and, and the question I asked her doctor was, you know, there's some other things that, that she's going through, but I was like, you know, her highs are really high and her lows are really low. And, and can you kind of, is it just her being a nine-year-old? And she's like, she's prepubescent, you know, girls are going to go <laughs> through, start maturing and, 
it's just her hormones. And I was like, uh, I wanted you to tell me something definitive where I can do something today about it. But that's, that's, that's <laughs> well, not the I case. I can give you some tips. I can give go you ahead. some tips I, to navigate I would love, this. Let, we'll go ahead, st- let's go ahead and start there. Let's go ahead and start there with, with the young girls and, and as they navigate their, their, their ever-changing bodies and, and how their hormones are affected. Yeah, because those fluctuations can be huge, especially when a girl is just starting out with their cycles and going through puberty. Anytime there's a big hormonal fluctuation in life, like puberty, starting birth control, having a baby, perimenopause, and then menopause, it can make these mood inconsistencies just more pronounced and and very difficult to navigate. So there there are a lot of things that you can do. Uh, And it kind of goes back to what I call the foundational five, which is going to be nutrition is a big one. Unfortunately, we eat lots of crappy food in our standard American diet, you know? And so trying to limit, and I'm not one of those that's like, ah, no, nothing gluten or, you know, all of I finding moderation in all things, but trying to stay within the whole foods realm and getting magnesium rich foods. So magnesium is something that women of any age can so benefit from. And so like my, I, I'm a mom of three girls. And so I've got a 13 year old, a nine year old and a four year old. And we use a little magnesium lotion each night to help them regulate their moods and get that magnesium that's needed. And I have heard, I just uh, had a, a, I'm a kind of a, a, a holistic nutritionist on the show. And, and he said, magnesium is best when it's topical and it gets into your system quicker that way. Cause I have the magnesium that I take every night. Cause I know, and again, if we talk about the American diet as a whole, we do not get enough magnesium in our diet. And that is a vital mineral no, to so many things. We don't. So many things, but it is, it is you know, 100%. <laughs> So, so you, so you have the four, you have the nine, you have the 13 and, and, you know, as, let me just ask this specific question is when we talk about hormones, is that specific to women? Cause I'll be honest with you. I have my mood swings. I'm, I'm not perfect, which a lot of people think that I understand people. I know it's going to be hard for you to recognize that, but is that when we say hormones, is that specific to women? I think we're generalizing yes to women, but men and women, we both have hormones and hormones do matter when it comes to our moods, metabolism and energy. So yes, men, it does matter too, but we tend to have this cultural stigma where it's like women are, oh, they're just hormonal or whatever. And so when we say hormones, a lot of times we are generalizing the more feminine hormones there, but oh, they play a role in men too. So guys, you hear that? Like, let's, let's do better. Let's do better. And, and I'm, I'm talking to myself, <laughs> I'm talking to myself too. So as you know, a lot of the women who listen to the show are in that, you know, 35 to 55 year old range where you're talking about someone who might be, um, still very active. They have their, you know, they have the regular cycle. Everything is going to plan as, as they, as they see it. And then you have women who are premenopausal or, or, um, and, or even getting into menopause as women go through their lives. And I know you, you, you specify in this, or you do a lot of work with this. Are there different things? And I know that nutrition is a big part. You've already mentioned that, but as women grow, are there different things that they have to do to help with their hormonal balance? Are there things, or, or should they be doing the same thing throughout their life? 
Really, the principles should be very similar as we go throughout our lives. And if we're following this, the same hormone optimization principles throughout any phase of our life, it will help us be able to regulate our hormones a lot better. But when it comes to that age bracket that you're telling me, it's actually a very large percentage of the population of women that I deal with because of the, that perimenopausal stage. And what happens after the age of 35, just normally, and this is not even considering if there are other health issues, but normally after the age of 35, our progesterone levels start to decline in women, which this, if we're not detoxing our estrogen effectively, it can lead to a lot of uh terrible, terrible symptoms like super heavy and inconsistent periods, uh, insomnia, irritability, women can tend to go through like this midlife crisis at that time. And it, it seems to the outside people a little irrational, but really it seems like women's bodies can feel like they're almost foreign shell and they don't even know what they're living in. And a lot of that has to do with that progesterone and estrogen imbalance, because then with that, if the estrogen is too elevated, it'll also decrease our testosterone, which men pay attention. When that happens, of course, libido is going to go through. It's just going to sink. It's just going to go down a sinkhole and they're not even going to want to be intimate. So it matters. So from what I'm hearing, because I because of because I've, I've interviewed dozens of women and I've talked to dozens of women and of course I have one in my life. You know, some women just accept it as, oh, this is age. This is what's supposed to happen. I, I don't have the libido I had at 25. And, and you know, it's just, hey, accept me for who I am. And, and, I, and they kind of believe this is it. Is that, and what I'm hearing from you is that doesn't have to be the case. Is that correct? No. No, it doesn't. I am a firm believer that women sh deserve to feel like they did. Uh, yes, there's gonna, it's gonna be a little bit more challenging to have that metabolism, or we're gonna have to figure out ways to increase the libido, but women don't have to feel trapped in a body that feels foreign to them. And, and there are so many options out there in order to help with their hormones. So no, it's, it's not something that we're gonna have to deal with. Okay. All right, that, that, that's definitely good to know because I know there's a lot of, because you know, even though you, you work primarily with women, the, the, the reason I would assume you do this is for, for couples. Like you want people to feel good in their relationships. You want people to feel good in, with the, within themselves. And of course, a lot of mothers want to have good relationships with their daughters and, and have these open conversations with them. So let's kind of, you know, the work that you do, um, is it, is there a struggle there with women? And I want to keep this specific to women because we do look for women to do a lot of the child rearing, especially with the, the, the young girls. And you have three girls. I have two girls. I try to stay as much involved as I can. But again, there's going to be questions they ask that I just cannot answer from a biological <laughs> perspective. So when women come to you and they just have questions that they want help with their daughters growing up or they want to be able to answer those questions or they may come to you and say, I cannot deal with her mood swing. She just turned 16 and I just help. Like how, how does a, a mother, I don't want to say deal because that, I don't want to say deal with because that seems very, very derogatory and very like pessimistic, but how does a, how does a mother help 
their teenage daughter, their young daughter get through those mood swings just because her body is changing. Right. And this is like the challenge of the century for mothers in our situations and dads in our situation. But I, I think the I think the big thing is having an understanding that it is it, it has to do with hormones. And I call it the tolerate crap threshold when you're going through these hormonal changes, that threshold for being able to tolerate things just goes way down. So, and, and also consider, oh, am I myself going through some hormonal stuff? So my threshold's down and her threshold is down. And it is just like the perfect recipe for not good communication and impatience and all of that. So I think the big thing is learning more and understanding more and knowing strategies to be able to help each other so that you don't feel like there's nothing you can do and it's all hopeless, but there's so much you can do from, from the time we hit puberty until after menopause. Yeah. And I know that, um, there's some women and let's, let's be honest, we go, if we go to square one, there's some people and some women out there, some couples who don't even know where to start. They Do I go to my primary care? Do I go to my OBGYN? Do I, who do I speak? Do I go to a women's care professional? Like who do I start with? So in a, in a you know perfect world, we have a woman who her libido is going down. She's noticing some things with her cycle. She's, she's up, she's down. She's having trouble sleeping, having trouble staying asleep. Where, what is the first thing that she does? What is the first care provider that she can go to to get some assistance with this? I mean, and, and this is speaking from, I've been in the primary care standpoint, so I know that aspect of things and I've done extensive training with OBGYNs too. And I can be perfectly honest with you, primary care, even OBGYNs and endocrinologists really aren't taught in women's hormones. They're taught in like the chaos hormonal things endocrinologists are for like terrible things like diabetes and thyroid issues and stuff like that. They're taught in some of that stuff, but, and even OBGYNs, they're mostly taught in how to have a baby and, and how to get a delivery safely, all of that, but they're not taught in how to navigate women's hormones. So this was a challenge that I recognized many years ago, which was I, because I would tell people, okay, go to your primary care and tell them that you're experiencing this and you want to get your hormones checked. And I would get hundreds and hundreds of messages back on social media that would say, I went and they just told me that it doesn't do me any good to check my hormones because they, if I'm having a regular cycle, they're just going to be normal anyways. And and they were hearing this from their primary cares, their OBGYNs, their endocrinologists, all of that. And so that's where I was like, okay, I've got to do something, which is why I took my processes online so that it doesn't matter where people live, that I, I can get them the help they need. And that's awesome to hear it. And the reason I bring that up is because it's it's obvious and it's, it's factual. It's not opinion that most of Western medicine is based on on men most of the stuff that, w that we deal with and, and even you know with my the daughter i was talking about she you know she's been diagnosed with adhd and and it's funny to hear the doctor talk about oh we're just noticing these things about girls and how it's different than boys and i'm like it was 2022 when i asked her that i'm like that is amazing that is amazing that they are just doing finding this stuff out just now barely and i know it, it's it's sad. And, and as a person, as, as a man who wants to be, you know, one, 
I, I, I want to be have open and honest conversations. And two, I want to be an ally. I want to um, understand all that stuff. I, I just want to make sure that we get to a point where, you know, women have a place where they can go to have these conversations and to at least get the information that they need. So when they work with oh, you, when 100%. they go to your web, yeah, when they go to your website, when they work with you, what can they expect when they, when they start working with you? What do you do with your website and your practice or, or, or the business that you run now? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do free consults for everybody just so that I can help them navigate and decide if working with me and my, cause my, my stuff is a little unconventional. It's not Western medicine. And then I'm not completely all the way into naturopathic. I, I really try to take a holistic approach and balance that human as an individual. So I do free consults so that I can help you navigate what's the best result. Uh, well, the best avenue for you to go. And if you're going to jive with my personality style, because if you're not going to jive with me, like you're not going to take what I say, like, and, and have any, any credibility towards it. So I like to make sure that, that my style jives with people. I do free consults and then I've got options. I've got self-study options where people can work through my programs and get access to my testing without, um, and, and they can just do it on their own time. And this is really helpful for busy people who maybe can't, um, fit appointments into their schedule. And then I have group visits that are so, fun and it's super fun to see the camaraderie between uh the women involved in them and then i've also got my high intensity like one-on-one -on -one. we are dissecting that whole person down to every specialty testing that i can and um so yeah so it's it's just really trying to help you navigate what's going to be best for your personal style yeah and that, that's probably a good thing because uh, again no two women are the same and you want to be unique and you want to be specific to that, that woman's and not, a, not, not, you don't want to be cookie cutter in, in a one shoe fits all type of thing. But in those cases where a woman does decide to maybe take on hormone therapy, um, and she's talked to her PCH about it, talked to someone in the healthcare profession, what are the risks and benefits of actual hormone therapy? And first of all, what is it and what does hormone therapy entail? And what are the risks and benefits of it? Yeah, so hormone therapy, you can come at this from so many different angles. Uh, there are the synthetic options, which synthetic options come from birth controls. And then there are synthetic uh, progesterones and estrogens and stuff like that and testosterones. The problem with these is they're not identical to the molecule that your body endogenously makes. And so while it will fit into partially part of that receptor site and, and help with some symptom suppression, it maybe won't do as good of a job at all of the health promoting benefits that those hormones do for us. Uh, estrogen is one of those. We need estrogen. It gets a bad rap. But synthetic estrogens, they can actually make you more at risk for cancers and um, heavy menstrual cycles and uh, so many, so many terrible issues. But 
if you choose a bioidentical form and you are actually depleted in estrogen, it can be very protective for your bone strength, for your heart health, for preventing uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, stuff like that. So, uh, and then progesterone. Progesterone is a beautiful hormone. And when we are having the right amounts of it, it can be very helpful to reduce anxiety, to help with calming, uh, to help with focus is another great thing. So we see a lot of that 35 to 50 year old women who are now having adult onset ADHD. And it's because a lot of times this huge dip in progesterone that can be a big cause of a lack of focus. So, um, and then, and then testosterone, it's another thing with when women are deficient, we need it. It's very helpful for our metabolism and our moods and for energy levels. Um, but when we have too much of it, we can't have too much because then it'll do the opposite effect too. But making sure that they are natural forms is, is very, very helpful. And just doing what you can to endogenously boost your own production of these hormones. That's another route that I like to take is, okay, let's only do what we have to supplement with and then boost our own production of things where we can. So is there, and I, when you're saying all those things, like as a, and I want to speak from a male perspective, every, cause I work out a lot, of course, my Instagram and, and Facebook gets, I get flooded with supplements and things like that. And like 80% of them are Hey, boost your testosterone with this pill, with this powder, with, with, with this over the counter, or, or if you buy this for fifty nine ninety nine, your testosterone, like is it, I think I know the answer to this, but is there a way to just boost estrogen, testosterone, progesterone with just an over the counter pill? Is that possible to do that? It is. But you've also got to assess why, why aren't you why aren't you able to do it effectively in the first place? And if you're not getting that root of it fixed, that supplement's not going to do you any good. Like for men, for example, we'll shift to men. I'm perfectly fine talking about it. <laughs> um, men, sometimes they'll go get put on testosterone replacement therapy or they'll try a supplement like that that boosts their testosterone. But really a lot of their problem is, is they have excess estrogen. And if they're not detoxing that estrogen well, that testosterone boost is just gonna convert to more estrogen. So, so you really gotta get the full picture of it. And I prefer with supplementation to test and not just guess. Because when you're guessing, you're gonna just be wasting a whole bunch of money on supposedly miracle supplements that aren't gonna really do you any good. Yeah, and I always love the the little disclaimer at the end that you know, this this product is not listed to to treat or do anything else or FDA approved. I always always wonder about those because I I know that's don't get me wrong the marketing is genius like the marketing is genius with yes. men who probably feel bad about themselves they're just looking for something and they oh testosterone and it's like yeah well there's a, there's a different part to it so and you've mentioned detoxing estrogen twice already is that how one, how does the body naturally do it? Like, is that something that is inherent in most of us that it should be detoxing that? Or is that something we in the foods that we eat or the lifestyle we live? Is that something that should be happening? It, it, it's both. It's we should be detoxing things effectively through um, our liver is a big, uh, big factory for detoxification processes. 
But if we're not having daily bowel movements, if we're not focusing on having good gut health with that, we're not going to be able to detox estrogen effectively. If we're consuming too much alcohol, we're not going to be detoxing effectively. If we're not sleeping, we're not going to be detoxing effectively. If we're not exercising consistently, that'll affect that detoxification process So and staying hydrated. But then the foods that we eat or the um, chemicals that we're exposed to in our environment, um, some of those might be for women are our period products that will affect our ability to actually detox extra estrogen. And a lot of the personal care pro products in um, today's environment actually have a lot of what are called xenoestrogens, which are chemical based estrogens and it'll just drive that that level up and make it very d difficult for the body to detox you know as you're saying this i'm i'm remembering all the you know the biology courses i took through high school and college and how they explain how, how important the liver was <laughs> and how we should limit the amount of alcohol and not once did i remember hearing Hey, keep a healthy liver because it's going to help with your sex life. Like no one ever, <laughs> no one ever said that. And I think that may have helped right. a lot. <laughs> I mean, maybe if we, maybe if we applied it to, it's going to help your sex life. But maybe it would stick in people's brains. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm wondering why. If I would have heard that, you know, maybe put down a couple of those drinks. Not that I drink a lot now, but, um, but so, what I'm hearing, I want to make sure. I want to make sure is that. You know, we have people who um, may have drank a lot earlier in their in their life. They may have done some damage to their liver. They and and thus their liver isn't detoxing correctly. We may have had people who may have too much fat in their liver from their diet. Um, are you? Is it possible? And in, in your professional opinion, is it possible if someone were to change their lifestyle, cut down on the alcohol, eat? more whole grains, less sugar, less fat, all that good stuff. And they were to exercise more daily, maybe go for a run at 6 a.m., just throwing it out there. Um, is that going to possibly help them detox this estrogen, maybe boost testosterone and help them with their, their hormones? Would you, in your professional opinion, would that help somebody in a natural way? That's a beautiful thing about the liver is it is one of the only organs that can actually regenerate new cells and repair. And so as long as you're not assaulting it like a punching bag continuously and just throwing more crappy things at it, it will regenerate and can improve. I've worked with a lot of people over the last couple of years in my business where they have had terrible liver health. And I know that that is affecting so many other things downstream. And if we just focus on the liver, then metabolism improves, it, then our hormones improve, which then libido improves, all of that. So yeah, yeah, just doing these those simple things can help your liver be a lot more healthier, which, like I said, will then have some downstream effects. And I think that's always a great place to start because, I, I, you know, I've met people on different sides of the spectrum where a person will run to a doctor once they feel the first ache in their knee, like they'll run to it. And then you have a person with a severed arm that's like, nope, I'm good. Don't take me to a doctor. But I think <laughs> for, for both of those people, if they're in this situation, like it's always a good place to start with how are we living our lives? Like how are we, and I know our lives are busy. Like don't, 
listen, I, I have this show plus another show. I work. I know we can't time. sell yeah. those kids and, and stop working. Yeah. Yeah. We can't I, do that. <laughs> and they have to, apparently, apparently you have to feed them daily, which I, no one told me that before I had kids. Oh that's, that's crazy. I mean, no, and, they did not put that in the owner's manual. <laughs> so, but it's always a good place. Like, to start, like if you want to reach out to Megan, please reach out to her. Like that's, that's what she's here for. But one of the places that we can all start, I think, is you spoke about gut health. How much fiber are we getting in our diet? You know, how many vegetables, how many whole grains, things are, I mean, are we running out to a, to a, um, a fast food when we're really hungry or are we meal prepping or we're getting like, you know, are we, are we doing the little things first before we run and just say, Hey doc, fix me with a miracle cure. And, uh, not that somebody would say that to you. I'm just, (laughs) I'm not trying to take business away from you at all, but you probably have to have these conversations with people. Yeah. Because if I, if people were relying on me for a magical pill, honestly, I could be in business and just be cranking people through like, like cattle, you know, but really that's not going to get them lasting change. And it's not really going to get them the help that they need. So it kind of goes back to that foundational five that I brushed on earlier, which is going to be your sleep, your stress levels, your nutrition, your movement, and then good quality relationships. All of that is super important. And those are things that you can do without investing any extra into going to an appointment. But, but then if, if, one-on-one guidance is needed, then that's where my processes come in. And that's great to hear. And one thing that is, is a big thing, I definitely want to get your opinion or you talk to this on is about there's, there's probably women listening to this that um, either are about to get pregnant, pregnant, have kids, but their thought is that they want to finally get off of the pill. Like they want to leave it. They, you know, they don't need it anymore, you know, whether they want to have a planned hysterectomy or whether they just want, they don't want to, they don't want to do it anymore. How can they expect, and I know this is a general question, but how can most women expect their bodies to change when they decide to not take any birth control or not take the pill anymore? It can go a lot of different ways with it. Some some women actually, it kind of catapults them into what is called a post-pill PCOS, where their testosterone shoots through the roof and it's not detoxing all the other um, all the other hormones effectively. Uh, because birth control can actually deplete us of a lot of key nutrients. B vitamins is one of them. And then when you're on birth control, it actually suppresses your natural estrogen and progesterone uh, production. So the body might not remember how to make those natural hormones effectively. So, but then other people, they can just quit and go off of it and everything is fine. But for others, it can be a roller coaster. And is this, and again, Coming from a male perspective, I, and I should know more about this. I don't know much about the birth control pill or or what it's like to get off it. Is that a pill that, that is always cold Turkey to get off it? Or do you maybe take it once every two days, once every week? Like how, what's the best way to actually get off that pill? Uh, the best way to get off of it is make sure you're doing a good liver detox along with getting off of it. But then, yeah, it, it's essentially just quitting it cold turkey. It's not like anxiety and depression medication that you do need to 
wean off of it, but you've got to have that liver support in place. You've got to be able to make sure you're pooping regularly to detox those hormones and, and, and eating nutrient dense foods so that you're replacing those, those micronutrients that are necessary. And it's amazing how it doesn't matter what area of life or business somebody comes on the show. It's, it's always nutrition, sleep, hydration really it really is those things and and i want people to to realize like whether you're talking about your mental health your physical health your reproductive health your sexual health your you know relationship anything you're talking about like make sure you're getting good sleep like make sure you're taking a good multivitamin Uh make sure that you're doing the right things physically and mentally and and if all if you're doing all those things and there's still some things that you aren't happy with that's where people like Megan come in and they want to talk to you and they want to help you out. And, yes, exactly. Um, and I, exactly. I think that's amazing. So, you know, we've kind of talked about getting off the pill. If, if there is a young woman listening to this and she's becoming of that reproductive age, that you know, sexual awakening, whatever you want to call it, and she wants to go on the pill, what are some things that she's going to notice about her body once she starts it? You can, you can notice a, a lot of different things. Some women, when they go on oral birth control, they, they notice their moods are changing. Um, and, and sometimes that's if they're already considered a little bit more estrogen dominant and they aren't um, metabolizing their estrogen effectively. They can have more moods swings. Um, but, and, and acne can be, acne can clear up or acne can get worse when it comes to the birth control pill. Um, and then weight gain, weight gain can happen, even though they tell you that research shows that you don't gain weight with birth control. By golly, you do. If, 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 your hormonal recipe is promoting for that, if you add that birth control in there, it can promote weight gain. And is that, is that mostly, is that water weight? Where does that weight gain come from? It comes from, so uh, it depends on what your hormonal imbalance is specifically, but if you're estrogen dominant, it's, uh, you're going to get that belly fat and because you're not detoxing that estrogen and then those, that estrogen will store in the fat cells and just proliferate, um, or testosterone. If you, if it's kind of driving your testosterone through the roof, when women have too much testosterone, we tend to get more insulin resistant and insulin resistance will cause testosterone to go up too. So it's kind of this inverse relationship, but anytime you have more insulin resistance, weight will increase too. So it kind of depends on which factor is at play in your life. And that's that's definitely good to know. And and as always, like we mentioned before, it's unique to the person. Like some of these things will happen to you. Some of them won't, you know, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is that you have people to speak to about this and any questions. And, and, you know, before I let you go, I think the, the, one of the biggest questions that maybe our audience has are, yes, there are some normal things that are going to happen throughout our life as we get into the 30s, 40s, 50s, all that good stuff and, and, and reach those ages. What are some things that women need to look out for and say, if this is happening, I need to go to my healthcare provider? What are some specific things as they're aging? You know, you've talked about the up and down of the, the mood, you know, maybe insomnia, things like that. But what are some things that you would say if these things are happening for a long time, you need to seek medical attention? What are those things? Inconsistent periods is a big one. And and 
And there's kind of, I kind of have two categories of symptoms. There's the symptoms that we can kind of brush under the rug that nobody else sees that we tend to ignore, like the tiredness, joint pain, insomnia, period struggles. Um, but then there's the, what I call billboard symptoms that are affecting your external presentation. And it, it tends to be women wait until those billboard symptoms are there before they'll do anything about it because they can't hide it anymore. And some of those are going to be skin issues like acne or rashes. Um, hair falling out is a big one that I, a lot of finally drives a lot of people to come see me. Um, then the weight gain, like I was saying, is another big thing. But, but if we start when it's not at the billboard symptoms, say it's we're itchy all the time. Itchy ears tends to be a big, weird symptom. If we're um, noticing that our our skin is dry, dry skin can also be another thing. And a lot of these symptoms correlate with thyroid issues too, but it can also be related to our hormones because our thyroid and our sex hormones are very intertwined. But if we can take care of things before it gets to those more external symptoms, they, we can make progress a lot faster. You see that, everybody? It's not a bad thing to go see a healthcare provider, especially if it's going to help you with... Somebody might be thinking, oh, my skin is dry. Oh, I have inconsistent periods. Oh, yeah, my hair did start falling out. But this is all... And it's like, no, like, go ahead and at least get the checkup and, and make sure it's not a an underlying issue. Like you mentioned thyroid. You know, my my mother, not to scare anybody, was... Uh, um, uh, she was... She, she passed away... Th through because of thyroid cancer it was a very specific rare thyroid cancer that literally affects like less than two percent of women and it's it, it but i know how how thyroid issues can be i mean we're talking about the endocrine system and the thing that runs through your entire body and right and you know and, and we need to make sure that that the women listening are, are living the most fulfilled and long lives as they can. And that's why I do these type of shows. So Megan, how can people find you online? How do they see what you're doing? How do they keep up with all the good work that you're doing online? Yeah, I would love to have some more friends. I'm on all the major social media platforms at Megan Bliss NP. I do have a free hormone symptom checklist at checkhormones.com and meganbliss.com is my website. Awesome, Megan. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was amazing. And I hope that someone listening and if, if they've been putting this off for a while can at least reach out to me or reach out to you and say, hey, I may be going through some things. Can I have a, a consultation? And as you mentioned, there is Megan does offer a free consultation. So look her up. She is on Instagram. She is on LinkedIn. She is has her website. Megan Bliss, thank you so much for being a part of the show. You take care of yourself and have a great rest of your day. You as well. Thank you. Thank you as always for listening to the 6am Run podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AMRun to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.